Hello everyone, this is Elk here. I wanted to add an additional trigger warning slash content warning for this episode uh, to the ones that we mentioned in the beginning. This one is for suicide, uh, specifically as it's spoken about in Dante's Inferno. Um, there are some religious implications there, um, and I don't want you to think that I subscribe to those or I endorse them in any way. Um, I just find the literature to be an interesting body of work. Um, but there are implications there in terms of the act and its attachment to sin and all of that. And I can, I understand that that could be triggering, um, to some people. So if that's not something you want to listen to, uh, towards the very end of this episode, when I start speaking about Dante's Inferno, um, that's kind of the last thing we speak about. So you can skip past that, uh, and go to the next episode. Uh, otherwise, uh, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoy this episode. And here we go. Hello and welcome to... Housekeeping with Elk and Meerkat, episode 5. I'm Meerkat. And I'm Elk. And we're here for the Christmas episode of season 1. It's called Damned If You Do, um, which is actually said during the episode, which makes me happy. Yeah, I'm glad they included it. They said it. They said the name of the movie. Happy Christmas. <laughs> or Hanukkah. Actually, or. it's tis the season as we're recording this, and they'll probably be listening to this just a bit past the season. Yeah. Sounds um, about right. Before we get started, we are not doctors. Nothing that we say in this podcast should be taken as medical advice. Um, yeah, don't listen to us. We don't know what we're talking about. We're just trying our best. Also, uh, listen, I am going to pronounce some shit wrong here in a little bit. There's some doozies in this one. <laughs> so, uh, anything else? That's the important we... disclaimers out of the way, I think. I don't think we have any content warnings or anything like that for this one um, necessarily abortion little there's a little abortion talk um, yeah some religious talk lots um, of religious talk this uh, yeah, whole thing th- revolves. listen there's going to be a lot of religious talk um <laughs> but yeah I, that's about all i can think of all okay right, let's go let's go okay the uh summary for this one is a nun suffering from acute dermatitis and asthma Treated by house with possibly the wrong medication comes dangerously close to death. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, guest starring this episode, we have Elizabeth Mitchell as Sister Mary Augustine, our primary patient. Uh, I recognized her right off the bat, and I'll get to that, but uh, she's been on a whole bunch of movies and a whole bunch of TV shows. She played Julia Sullivan on the movie Frequency. Um... She was Senator Charlie Roan on The Purge election year, the one Purge movie I have not seen. I love The Purge movies. I I know a lot of people think they're trash, but it's my kind of trash. The first Purge was good, and I saw the second one. I think I've seen the first. I love them all. They're not streaming anywhere right now. I know that for a fact because I wanted to binge them the other day. Um, She plays, or I guess is eventually Mrs. Claus on the Santa Claus 2 and 3. Um, Not my form of trash. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, She was the Snow Queen on Once Upon a Time, where she stars with Jennifer Morrison. Yes, I knew that. 
she had a big arc in uh, in one of the seasons as at first primary villain, um, but later primary friend. I, <laughs> your family calls me the Dark Queen, so yeah. it's kind of like the Snow Queen. Uh, yeah, Ice Queen. Yeah, sure. Also, the that came up the other day um, while I was, you know, playing with the boys, and uh, they said that's a really cool nickname, and they wanted to know how to get that. And I told them just wear black lipstick to family functions, <laughs> and apparently that's how you earn the title of Dark Queen. I'm not offended. I I like it. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It fits. It's it, good. It is me. Um, the primary role that I recognize her immediately is uh, she is Juliet on Lost. Yes. And pretty much that show, if I see any characters in any other show, um, if they were on that one, I'm always going to refer to them as, hey, that's Juliet from Lost. I'm pretty sure that's what I did when we first see her in this episode. I was like, hey. I know that's, her. That's Juliet. You know, from ABC's Lost. Anyways. <laughs> um, moving Sponsor on. us. <laughs> we have uh, Lucinda Jenny as Sister Mary Eucharist. Uh, she played Iris on Rain Man. I haven't seen that movie in a really long time. I love Rain Man. Um, she is also Heidi Halleck on Stephen King's Thinner. I don't have, know if you've no, seen that one. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen that one, too. Um, she's been on a whole lot of uh, TV and uh, <laughs> TV shows and movies. If you hear crying in the background, it's not a baby. That is our Siamese cat, Simon, who is very talkative. He, he snuck back here. We normally kick them out for recording, but he but snuck in. So. He's heckin' concerned, wondering what's going on. You may hear him jump up on one of us at some point. He is a chonk. Absolute unit. So He is a level six heckin' chonk. He, he's very <laughs> close to moving to level seven. I'm very proud of him. Um, we have uh, Dakin Matthews, or Dakin Matthews, as Marvin. Um, he is the patient who is a, I guess, a mall Santa Claus. Hey, bud, thank you. That's very, very kind of you. Yeah, that'd be Simon. <laughs> um, he plays Colonel Cochran on Child's Play 3. Okay. Um, Colonel Stonehill on True Grit, the, the newer one with, um, like, Jeff Bridges and, and all of them. Um, Simon. <laughs> wow, bud. <laughs> uh, he's also... I'm going to do this. I can do this. He's Daddy also John Usher on the movie Lincoln. He's Usher? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> the the movie Lincoln with the uh, I can't ever remember his name. Daniel Day Lewis. There we go. I was like I don't know where you're um, going with that. So. He's got a very long history of acting. Uh, we have Lori Rom as Sister Mary Pius. Um, she's not a really important character in this episode. Mm. She shows up kind of in the beginning, uh, not so much later on. Um, she's done a whole bunch of uh, video game voice work. Um, through the Resident Evil series and Final Fantasy, and she did voice work on Bioshock 2 and Bioshock Infinite as well. I think that's um, such a cool... Like, I would love... I would I love mean, just doing voiceover work in general. Yeah, I think that'd be sweet. Ugh, but... um, yeah, again, she's done a whole bunch of stuff, but I, I didn't really recognize her right off the bat. Um, and then we have Anne Dowd as Mother Superior. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't recognize her, but she plays Joan on Hereditary, who okay. is the the lady who, like, invites yeah. mm-hmm. her in. It's like, oh, let's do the seance to contact your mother yeah. and all of that. Um, um, also, uh, Mother Superior is one of my favorite Coheed and Cambria songs, so I'm just going to throw that out there. Was she in Coheed and Cambria? <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's <laughs> it's pretty neat. Lead singer, you can tell by the hair. 
pretty nice. Um, she's also Aunt Lydia Clements on Handmaid's Tale, yes. which we need to watch at some point. The but book I, made me so angry. It's yeah. a great book, don't get me wrong, but it took me so long to read because I would literally throw my Kindle across the room and have to, like, <laughs> take a breather. Which, interestingly, um, on Handmaid's Tale, uh, another star of that is Ever Carradine, who was um, the mother on the previous episode. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, yeah. Cool. Like, everything's connected. Um, but that's it for our guest stars. Yay! Let's get into the episode. Um, so in the beginning, we see House hanging out with Wilson in the clinic, doing what he always does. He's avoiding patients. He's trying not to see anyone. Um, Cuddy comes up to him and uh, tells him that he has a patient waiting for him, has been waiting for a really long time, um, and she turns out to be a nun. Um, she's got rashes all over her hands, and what she and the other sisters with her identify as stigmata on her hands. Um, House thinks it's just contact dermatitis from uh, dish soap. She was doing the dishes earlier, and that's when this kind of happened. So he gives her diphenhydramine. Um, she uses her tea, which she drinks throughout the episode, to take the pill that he gives her, and she goes into anaphylaxis. So House grabs a syringe out of, uh, out of a drawer really quickly to give her some epinephrine, and it seems to work, but then she suddenly passes out, and she goes into cardiac arrest. So, what do we got so far? You just gave me so much to talk about. Okay. Let's talk about stigmata. Um, Would you like to talk about what stigmata is religiously? And Uh, then I'll talk about the medical stuff. Yeah, so um, stigmata are markings um, usually depicted on the hands or the wrists that are supposed to be representative of where the nails went to crucify Jesus. Um, that's kind of specific. They can show up on the feet as well yeah, like the for the nails. Or, yeah. um, you could probably make an argument for one on the side where the pe- the spear pierced Jesus. Um, it's just the wounds he specifically endured while he was being nailed to the cross and on the cross. Okay. Cool. So on the medical side, stigmata is actually a thing. Um, that term isn't always used, especially now, um, because... The religious connotations. Um, But it's a physical mark from, like, a defect or a disease. One of the biggest things um, is with leprosy. Like, sometimes you'll have a certain mark. That's a mark of leprosy, and it's called a stigmata. That's, like, the biggest thing of it. Which is also interesting, because leprosy is such a... uh... Yes. Biblically tied yep, disease. It sure is. And I, um, I, I, we can talk about that sometime. That'd be a fun, uh, like, Patreon episode or something. I feel, does leprosy ever come up in house later on? I, I really don't think so, which is why mm-hmm. I'm weak, but I could talk about leprosy and how it connects to the Bible a lot. Um, okay, contact dermatitis is normally red and itchy. It's caused by contact with something bet you didn't guess that one um so something that you're allergic to and have a reaction to and it's not contagious um so you it's not like poison ivy right there are things that you can have an allergic reaction to and be contagious this is not one of those things the diphenhydramine that he gives her is just an antihistamine um it relieves allergy symptoms um cold symptoms anything like a rash itching eyes um itching anything your your eyes your nose your throat like if you're coughing it kind of helps with everything um it is also sometimes used to treat motion sickness um which there are 
other antihistamines that do that. Um, what else did we just talk about? Epinephrine, we've talked about before. Um, it's a vasoconstrictor that you use in specifically anaphylactic shock. And we've also talked about anaphylactic shock before, but it's a, um, a severe allergic reaction. Um, it, does that answer all of... I think that's the primary That's like stuff. a lot like, just for that opening scene. I feel yeah. like I'm forgetting something, but I feel uh, like everything else kind of comes up later. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, so when they uh, discuss it with Cuddy later, she accuses House of giving the patient um, an overdose of epinephrine, which he denies. She says that he probably get, grabbed the wrong syringe and gave her, um, I think they said, what is it, like 10 milliliters or something like that of uh, epinephrine or one milliliter? One cc. And one I, CC. I do have something okay. to say about this also. As opposed to 0.1 cc. Yes. Um, which would have really fucked her system up to give her 10 times the amount she really yes. needed. Which we talked in another episode about dead baby zeros. Mm-hmm. So this is somewhere that that comes into play. Also, um, as far as the filming of the episode. So in that drawer, you have three CC syringes and then one CC syringes. And you can tell the difference. You yeah, know, they're one's a lot thicker. bigger, and, Right, yeah. exactly. Um, so in the episode, you see House grab a three CC syringe which would have one cc in it of the meds. But then he administers it, and then you see it again as he finishes and then pulls the cc, or the, sorry, the syringe out of her arm, and it's a one cc, which would be the point one. So it's so, an interesting inconsistency because the whole damn episode is based on whether or not he made a mistake, but they weren't consistent in filming. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that was, like, on purpose but that's really stupid to make you, us question very, whether because we see both he absolutely yeah, grabs a bigger clearly, syringe but exactly when we see him pulling it out it's very clearly like the smaller one right. so so it's like well no one knows if he made a mistake also this does this episode gets into the fact that he charts horribly it doesn't chart at all um all sorts of stuff which is a really big problem and again shows that he doesn't care about the system but up until now i feel like it's been oh i don't care about insurance and you know the political side of things but this is like administrative yeah that's a big deal important yeah and i mean that's the whole whenever he was hanging out earlier wilson specifically tells him you're super far behind in your charts and he's yep. like oh i'll get to him that's kind it. of thing so it can be a really big deal so anyways you can talk now um house insists that he did not mess up and she tells him that um due to the what she believes is a fact that he did mess up that um, if he can't find an underlying cause for her cardiac arrest within 24 hours, she will need to uh, report him to the disciplinary board for malpractice. Um, she's basically just saying, it's my hands are tied here. Like, Regardless of whether you meant to or not, if it was an accident or not, if you did something wrong, I have to report it. Um, so she gives him a day to do it. <laughs> Um, so he goes to his team and they start their differential diagnosis. Cameron um, guesses uh, cellulitis, but there's no fever. Um, she then guesses that it's a systemic allergic response, but House uh, shoots it down really quickly and says that allergies don't cause cardiac arrest. Um, House then says oh, it could be vasculitis, but Foreman says it wouldn't give an elevated eosiphenol count. Um, I'm just going to say this right here. They mess up the the 
pronunciation of this word. Yes. Foreman messes it up, um, and then they say it right later in the episode, which really annoyed me, because the first time I heard it on screen, what he was saying versus what was written in the subtitles was different. I was like, well, that's weird. And then he says it correctly later. Like, what the hell's going on? So, Well, and it's interesting because, so it's eosinophil. eosinophil. Yeah. Yes, is the correct way. Um, and literally what it is, is the count of a type of white blood cells that are eosinophils. So, like, it's that's the word. It's like it's, word. it's weird that they messed that one up. But, yeah, um, they, didn't, they didn't catch it when they were editing yeah. or anything like so that. So those generally become become active when you have like an allergic um, infection, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So that would be a big deal. So it's it's weird that he got that one wrong. Um. So uh, House to counter that says um, it could be Church Strauss vasculitis. Vasculitis, excuse me. Um, in order to uh, diagnose that, they would need a biopsy or a chest CT. Um, they say untreated, uh, only 33% of people with church strauss um, last up to about a year. And then if uh, they get treatment, it usually they last about five years. Um, Foreman, right now and through the rest of the episode, thinks House made a mistake. House is convinced he didn't, so he orders the tests and he starts patient on prednisone. Yes. Um, so cellulitis, which was Cameron's, yeah. right, um, is pretty common. It can be serious depending on what it gets to, but it's a bacterial skin infection. Um, it's going to be kind of red, swollen. It probably hurts to touch. It's generally seen on your legs, but it can be anywhere. Um, so Churg Strauss syndrome <laughs> has another name. That's the old name. The new name, it's EGPA. It is eosinophilic granulomatosis with polyangelitis. Polyangitis. Polyangitis. That's a name. That was a choice that they made. It sure was. Um, So this used to be called Churg-Strauss. It was named after the doctors. Um, And it is a autoimmune vasculitis, which is... Information of the blood vessels. Yes. Mm, Uh, Jacob Churg and Lottie Strauss. Lott Strauss? Lottie Strauss. Um, And it can lead to necrosis, which would be cell death, which is uh, bad. So (laughs) here's what's interesting. There's three stages. Um, The first is the allergic phase. Okay. Kind of sounds like what we're talking about here. The second is the eosinophilic phase. Didn't Foreman just say that and then get shut down? Um, is that, is that what he, just Foreman said? said that a regular vasculitis wouldn't have an elevated eosinophil count, but House says church stress Oh, would. okay, okay, okay. I misunderstood that because that was really bugging me. <laughs> okay, and then the third phase is the vasculitic phase. Um, these phases, so in most diseases, it would be like, oh, you get this one first and then you progress into this one. With Churk-Strauss, you can actually get all of these at once. Mm. Or, like, two of them and not the other one. And Yeah. So they can happen sequentially, or they can happen together. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, not in, like, a good way. Uh, yeah, not good. Anyways, prednisone is steroids for inflammation. So, that's boring. Um, as, far as, <laughs> as far as this scene goes, I, I thought the whole 
candy cane thing is really funny. Oh my gosh, that cracks me up. Bowl of candy canes on the, the counter and House is like, what the hell are those? And Cameron says, oh, it's it's the holidays. I thought he'd like it. And he's like, wow, are you mocking me? And she she just looks so upset. And he's like, uh, calm down. <laughs> I'm messing with you. So I, I thought that was really funny. Um, I also thought it was kind of interesting in this scene that they land on church strauss like so quickly because they've kind of established previously that they really don't like to pursue things that they can't do much do about. about right like this one if they're saying one to five years then i mean they can do something about it treatment would prolong um the life of the patient if they had church strauss but still kind of weird that they they picked one that they can't really do much about there's not a cure for it there's just a we can help with symptoms for a while um so uh we cut to the nuns in uh the patient's room they're watching what looks like a music video they're watching tv something like mtv and it's like um men and women running around on the beach in in swimsuits and stuff um and really quickly turn it off whenever the doctors walk or walk in um they say they haven't watched TV in a long time, uh, to which Chase makes a rude joke. He says, uh, basically, do you not believe in, in TV or do you just get bad reception where you live? Um, so he kind says, of, he says, do you think it's the devil's work uh, or something? Do you think that's yeah. what it was? Um, and uh, Augustine, uh, Sister Augustine says she is feeling better, um, but either way, the doctors say they still need to test for some things. Sister Pius is upset that they're treating her without a diagnosis. Um, they're not sure what it is yet, so she's wondering, why are you treating her? But uh, Augustine tells her to have some faith. So um, Foreman continues to tell Chase and Cameron that he thinks how screwed up. Uh, he points out that Cameron, again, didn't tell the patient about Church Strauss. Again, she's been kind of avoiding it. But she gets defensive and says she doesn't deliver bad news unless it's conclusive which I guess is kind of the first lie of this episode because they had a fairly conclusive uh, diagnosis before um, that she didn't want to deliver. So uh, She's just not good at it. Yeah, she's just bad at it. Chase points out that if House didn't make a mistake, if he actually gave her the right dosage, um, he'll be happier and nicer to them and they'll have a few good weeks. And if he did make a mistake, then he'll make them miserable for months. So he'd rather assume for the moment that House didn't mess up and at least humor him for a while uh, until they have definitive proof that he did. So um, House and Wilson discuss the possibility that he did mess up. Um, House says he can admit when he's wrong and he admits that he does mess up, but that he didn't this time. Um, he ends up seeing a clinic patient who has inflammatory bowel syndrome who's had tons of treatments um, that have not yet worked and uh, House is impressed with his chart which is super comprehensive and very detailed Uh, he ends up prescribing the patient two cigarettes a day Uh, no more than that Um, patient's shocked but House tells him it's been there's been studies that show it does help with the symptoms of it and he also points out that uh many of the drugs he prescribes are addictive and dangerous 
because the patient brings that up. He says, aren't those addictive and super dangerous? Now says most of my drugs are, but the difference is that cigarettes are legal and easily attainable, uh, obtainable, which the patient seems a little miffed at, but that's what, where I, he goes with it. I have things to say. Let's do it. So I believe the episode actually says inflammatory bowel disease or IBD. I think not IBS. you might be right. Um, so IBD is different from IBS. It refers to one of two things. Um, ulcerative colitis or Crohn's are the two things in inflammatory bowel disease. So these are very different things. Um, if the guy has ulcerative... Ul- ulcerative colitis? Yes. I <laughs> can never talk, really. Um, it could technically work. There are some studies that show that it could work. Um, some of the like nicotine and some of the other chemicals in cigarettes are found to suppress the immune response of colitis. It's not 100%. Yeah. Um, and it can help up the mucus production in the intestines also. However, if he has Crohn's, it would make him much worse. So this isn't just like a, oh, yeah, it'll be fine either way. I'm just going to prescribe this and not do any tests. Um, yeah. If the guy actually does have IBD and he doesn't know which one, it could be bad. Um, oh, I had something else to say. Oh. If I don't think he would prescribe this, there are the medications for it, obviously. But also, um, when they're doing this kind of stuff, he would probably prescribe a nicotine patch. Not cigarettes. Rather than, like, yeah, yeah go smoke. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I, I went down a little rabbit hole, and you can find it either way. You can find studies that say, yes, it works. You can find studies that say, no, it doesn't. You can find anything you want to find on the internet. It's a magical place. Yes, it is, which is why we have <laughs> so many problems with misinformation on the internet because yes. of how magical it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sister Augustine talks to Chase while they're walking through the halls, and um, she kind of demonstrates to him that she actually really likes talking to and learning about people. She uh, knows about you know this nurse and that nurse and what they're doing and all of that, and um, Chase seems, as he's talking to her, to just be really dismissive and kind of perturbed about her faith and all of that. Um, she says she's she lived in a foster home run by the church until she was 18, and then she joined a monastery, and she's known no other life. This is the first lie from a nun. Very cool. Uh, we'll get to the specifics of the lie as we go on, but this is the, the big one. Um, so uh, she goes into a machine for a scan. I assume this is the CT that they were looking for. Um, and she notices a weird smell while uh, she's in there. Um, they say someone vomited in there earlier, so they're just like, uh, you know, the smell's lingering, you're fine, don't worry about it. Um, so while she's getting scanned, Foreman Chase and Cameron start discussing religion. Um, Cameron denies being religious. She says she believes in a higher power, but not a single anthropomorphic entity named God that's interested in all the minutia of human life. Uh, Foreman thinks there is a god and that it focuses on humanity primarily because humanity is the only species capable of thinking it might be all about them as opposed to like fish and birds and trees and stuff like that. So they're they're kind of uh, just arguing, I guess, um, about deity and all that fun stuff here. Um, they ask Chase what he believes and he dodges the question by saying, Um, I believe that Augustine has no vasculitis. 
So uh, we're getting into the fun stuff here. So <laughs> Foreman says this absolutely means House did make a mistake. Cameron defends House, says it could still just be something else like thyroid, excuse me, thyrotoxicosis or a carcinoid. Foreman finds it weird that she would put her faith in uh, House but not in God. Um, before the conversation could go on, Augustine complains about the smell again, and she starts kind of panicking and hallucinating. She starts having religious visions, which um, Foreman says shows she has lobe swelling, and they order uh, some Ativan for her really quickly, and then she starts seizing, excuse mm-hmm. me, and uh, they find a rash developing on her leg. Yes, they do. All right, so let's start with temporal lobe swelling and temporal lobe seizures. So this kind of seems like something that would be like super played up. If you watch this, you're sitting there going, well, yeah, nobody's going to have some swelling in their brain and start seeing Jesus. This happens. This is an actual thing. Talk about a rabbit hole. (laughs) I read so many articles, so I'm I'm just going to kind of piece it down. Temporal lobe seizures have been known to be enjoyable and absolutely euphoric experiences for people. Um, Like, once they start having them, they can't wait for the next one, which is so weird to think about. So, if a person is already religious, such as a nun, they are going to see their God. I'm going to say their God. Whatever their higher power is, Um, or, you know, their deity. I'll put it that way. They might see Buddha or something Um, like that. That's what they're going to see and feel connected to. Now, if you take someone who is an atheist, doesn't, or agnostic, does not believe in a higher power, they are going to feel that same thing except with the earth, and they're going to feel like they understand the true meaning of life, the number 42, <laughs> like they understand how everything is connected, how everything works. It is just this epiphany of all epiphanies, either way, whether you're religious or not. Um, I, this is so, so crazy to me. And then afterwards, you can remember all this stuff, and people say it's life changing, even if they only have one episode like this. They're like, I get it now. I understand everything. I was hopeless or. You know, I was, I had depression and it's cured now because I understand all this stuff. Like, it's nuts to me. So, on that note, if you are already religious and you have one of these episodes and you see and talk to God, yeah, your faith is pretty cemented Yeah. now, you know, because you had this, this experience. Um, another thing that it does, which is just kind of interesting to me, is temporal lobe seizures, um once you are having them you tend to lose any and all sex drive you're done no libido interesting i mm-hmm. wonder if that's because the the euphoria of it just yeah opens the pathways and nothing really I, I gets you so anymore strange. interesting yeah um so moving on she has a seizure and then they show a rash on her leg mm-hmm. so i read into this a little bit it could just be a rash right she already has a rash on her hand so it is likely just a rash but the way they show it to me kind of looks like she's sweating blood Mm -hmm. 
and that would be a thing called hemodohydrosis, sweating blood. Um, you know who else suffered from hemodohydrosis? Jesus Christ! Sure did. So this is a very rare condition of sweating blood, and it has happened. There are some, um, fair, uh, 2017, I want to say, is the last, like, recorded case of this, but you literally sweat blood. It can occur when you are suffering from extreme, extreme stress, like facing your own death. So Jesus went through this while praying in the garden of Gethsemane. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm gonna, no. Um, before his crucifixion. Because they said, and I'm paraphrasing, um, he, while he was in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. So it's implied that he was actually sweating blood, which he was facing his own death, so that's a possibility. Anyways, Sister Augustine is having this religious experience. She's in the middle of a seizure. She's under stress, um, even if it is euphoric stress. They're, like I said, I'm reading into this, but I feel like they were showing yeah. her sweating blood and just kind of tying in this entire religious thing. Yeah. I just thought that was really interesting. Also terrifying. Well, yeah, it's, it's interesting that... <laughs> it's a real thing. Um, a temporal lobe seizure like that more or less just sort of confirms your biases almost, like, to a euphoric level, like, whatever it is that you believe strongly or your particular worldview when this happens, it's you see exactly the thing that you hope to see yeah. almost. It's the mirror of desire, man. What? What? Tell me what it's called. What? Nurse. Uh, the the mirror of desire. The, the in the one, the one that Harry looks at and he sees his parents. Yeah, it's just that backwards, man. Give me a sec. <laughs> Erised. There we <laughs> <Yeah>. go. <laughs> Erised. Like, I'm gonna let there you work go. this out for yourself, my dude. Man, yeah, reading um, some backwards rough. But I I just think it's. It's really cool. And also, like I said, very life-changing. And it's almost... It, there are definitely people that have tried to induce this in themselves Oof. so that they can experience that. Yeah, it doesn't normally go very well. LSD. <sighs> Drugs are a hell of a drug. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on here. Um, so she tests positive for herpetic encephalitis, uh, which means that her immune system is severely compromised. Um, do you have anything on that before I move on? Uh, so herpetic means it's related to the herpes virus, mm -hmm. and then encephalitis is inflammation in the brain. So virus in her brain. Yes. Cool. Not cool. But yeah, cool. It's not great. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cuddy says it's because of the prednisone and thinks that house still messed up um, with his initial injection of uh, epinephrine. So... House decides to exaggerate uh, about how everything went down in the clinic um, just to get Cuddy to leave. Like, he's like, so there I was, drunk in the clinic. I grabbed the first syringe I could find, and so she gets frustrated and leaves. Um, Cameron and Chase both, both find it funny. Uh, Foreman does not, because again, he still thinks House messed up as well. Uh, Chase thinks it might be mixed connective tissue disease. Um, Foreman says her ANA was normal, so it doesn't fit, but House says they could have messed up the test, go ahead and redraw the blood, and since they can't treat it with prednisone, now due to encephalitis, 
uh, House says she needs to go into a hyperbaric oxygen chamber. Foreman says there's no protocol for that, but House ignores him and says go ahead and do it anyway. Uh, Foreman says it could cause oxygen toxicity, lung and eye damage, but House is convinced she needs it, so he says we're going to do it. All right. Mixed connective tissue disease. Yeah, not, um, not great to have. So you see the early symptoms in your hands. Uh, fingers can get bloated. Your fingertips can get numb, uh, mostly from cold exposure, which is Renaud's phenomenon. Um, also, it's going to move to your other organs, like heart, kidneys, lungs, mm. all the kind of important ones. So ANA, which is what they tested, is anti-nuclear antibodies. So they're looking for those in your blood. Um, the anti-nuclear antibodies can attack your own body's tissues. Mm-hmm. Your, yeah. Um, and they they attack the nucleus because anti-nuclear. You see what I did there? You see what they did with the naming? They it's did good. his nucleus. Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> Let's talk about hyperbaric oxygen chambers. Apparently, Justin Bieber... Oh, likes to sleep How does this always come back to Justin Bieber? <laughs> likes to sleep in one regularly. I don't Just, think, like, every night, but he has two. He has one at his house and one in his recording studio. So, I mean, he's he's chilling in them. Apparently, because he did so many drugs, he thinks he needs to cleanse his body, and this is the way to do it. Which, just, like, maybe just drink some water. Just juice. Juice, man. Be a juicer. <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't. Okay, um... So, in a hyperbaric oxygen chamber, you are breathing in pure oxygen in a pressurized chamber that's probably three times uh, the atmospheric pressure of just normal outside. So, this is a thing. Um, Oxygen therapy is used a lot with decompression sickness, which is something that you get from scuba diving. They use it for... When you come up too fast, you get the... The bends. The bends, the bubbles in your blood. Um, They use it for bubbles in your blood. They... They use it for, uh, like, Navy SEAL training, mm. is, is what I was going to say. They, they help them out with that. So, there's a couple things that can be treated with it. Bubbles of air in your blood. Uh, maybe some, like, crazy wounds that aren't healing. It could be burns, like, radiation burns. Um, other crazy shit. I feel like I've heard of that. Like, someone yeah. with full body burns and stuff going into it because mm-hmm. they... It saturates your right. blood or whatever and helps you heal. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, there's a lot of risks, though. So here's a list of risks. <laughs> Middle ear injuries, uh, including eardrum rupture. Oh. Yep. Uh, from the air pressure. Yeah. Changes, like, yeah, going back and forth. Myopia, which is nearsightedness um, caused by... The pressure in your eyeballs. Mm-hmm. It can make your actual lens of your eye change. This can be temporary, but... I feel like most of the time it's temporary is what I read, but it can be long-lasting damage depending on how much of this is going on. Uh, you know, lung collapse, because, again, air pressure changes. Seizures, which she's already having uh, some of those, but specifically you can end up with too much oxygen in your central nervous system. Mm. And then, depend. This is this gets into some stuff which we're not going to go into, but diabetes depending on like your insulin treatments and stuff like that it can mess with your blood sugar um also you know catching on fire 
yeah, spark a single thing of pure oxygen. That's You're, a thing. Yeah. So yeah, central nervous system oxygen toxicity is really, I think, what Foreman was getting at with like the lung and eye damage. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also end up with like ringing in your ears twitching you can also get behavioral changes from this like anxiety confusion dizziness vertigo stuff like that so i mean it's it's not something to just be like yeah throw them in there this is gonna be great so foreman's uh he's right to be worried yeah to be he's justified in being like we really shouldn't do this unless we're absolutely positive yeah and it I don't... Do you have written down... Did they say, like, how long they were keeping her in there? How many times a day? Anything like that? I don't remember I don't if remember. they do details. I, I think they said they were going to do a couple treatments, but... It, it seemed like it was going to be a fairly aggressive treatment. Yeah. This wasn't a one-time thing that he was planning on doing. Um, they, they don't say exactly how long her first and, as far as I know, only treatment was, but I feel like they imply it was a while. Yeah. Um, Which she's already, you know, she's already having problems, and, like... I just don't really understand what he was... It There just seems like there's better, less invasive ways to go about trying to trying to get at things. But you know how else? Yeah. He wants to do the crazy things. Do the crazy so. stuff. Did, um... Is uh, an oxygen chamber used to treat mixed connective tissue sometimes? <sighs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's... You can throw somebody in an oxygen chamber for fucking anything. Yeah. And I definitely found a couple of studies about whether, like, how effective it is. I am not going to sit here and say that that's the first thing they go to, though. Again, there's a shit ton of dangers. Yeah. Yeah. And I I feel like, I mean, like you said, like, it's not just the... Well, they don't even know if that's what she has yet. Yeah, it's not just the normal side effects of of medicine, which sometimes wear off. Like, this is changing your body chemistry on a cellular level. It's, like, a bit of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Especially since, spoiler alert, she doesn't have it. Go on. Foreman tattles (laughs) on house to Cuddy about the treatment. So that happens. That's why she only gets it once. Um, so, uh, Sister Augustine wonders about the efficacy of the treatment since the prednisone caused her seizures. Um, but Cameron says that, uh, it, that's kind of a good thing because the prednisone let them know that she has an underlying immune problem. Um, so she says, well, I guess it was sort of a blessing that you guys decided to do that treatment. Um, lucky that she sees it that way because a lot <laughs> of other people might've been like, fuck you, I'm suing. Um, Gosh. Here we go again. Every episode. (laughs) Every damn episode. Um, So House decides to watch his TV show in the chapel on a little, like, portable TV thing. Same. Uh, Yeah. I I call it a phone now, but back then. (laughs) Um, And he talks to Sister Eucharist, who scolds him for watching TV in the chapel. Uh, Sister Eucharist, I think, is implied to be, I don't know about hierarchy in monasteries or nuns. I do know Mother Superior is, you know, the top nun. Um, But maybe this one is the uh, assistant to the top, the regional nun. I don't know. Um, (laughs) She's implied to to be a more experienced nun, so she's kind of here to supervise uh, Augustine and Pius. But um, she reveals that Sister Augustine has been known to lie to get sympathy and to get special privileges. And that she's a bit of a hypochondriac. hypochondriac yep. yep. Um, so she thinks, uh, 
Eucharist thinks that Augustine might be making it up. Um, House gives her some candy. They sit there and eat it for a while. And she tries to analyze him and hopes that she's right about him, that he's hiding behind his humor, but is still good at what he does. Um, she sees him kind of deflect everything and all of that. And she's like, I don't know what to think about you. I'm just hoping that you're good at what you do. Um, so Augustine comes out of the chamber feeling weak and has a dry mouth. So Chase gives her more of this tea that she's been drinking the whole time. Ah, here's the tea on that. Now we'll Which, get back to that a little bit. but Yeah, whatever. We will definitely get to that. Just like you want to control things in this situation, which every other episode they're like, throw them in a clean room. Yeah. And, I mean, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get but there it, here too. But, so why would it... Uh, it's, it's really frustrating. She's in, not like, oh, this is my religious tea. I have to only drink this. Yeah, it's not. It has nothing to do with religion. It's just, this is the she's tea like, I oh, like. oh, I have tea. Well, she would drink water if you told her to drink water. Yeah. And that's kind of the, the frustrating thing on not just these shows, but in real life too, that someone's supposed to be on maybe a controlled diet or a controlled oh, medical regimen and people that. just, you know, that Sneaking other, the paternity episode, or not the paternity episode, um, two episodes ago when mom's sneaking in medication to her son mm-hmm. or, you know, people sneaking food in when you're not supposed to be eating this food because we don't know what the hell's wrong with you, that kind of stuff. Um, or just, hey, you're a diabetic and your blood sugar is 430 every morning, but it's because you're sneaking Snickers bars. But I don't have any personal experience with that. It's not frustrating at all. Please stop doing that. Okay, bye. thanks. Bye. Um, so <laughs> Cuddy confronts House about the treatment that he's been giving the sister, the oxygen chamber, and she takes him off the case. And he realizes that it's because Foreman ratted him out. But she has a hell of a line. I don't remember. I'm going to... Oh, that's what it was. I'm going to do the best thing that a doctor can do for another doctor. I'm going to keep you from killing your patient. Um, So she takes him off the case. Uh, She takes over for him and believes there's not any underlying condition that it... They are going off the assumption that House messed up and moving forward with that. Um, Chase says she's having issues breathing. Um, I wonder why. Maybe because of... Um, She's got eczema. She got eczema. Uh, Her BUN and creatinine levels are rising, um, and her ALT and AST are twice the normal range. What? Do you have anything on that? I do. He he Um, spits this all out in like three seconds. I'm basically just going to tell you what they are. It's just a bunch of tests. So BUN, BUN, is your (laughs) blood urea nitrogen. Uh, It's a test that looks at how much nitrogen is in your blood and that's going to come from waste product um so when protein is broken down it makes urea and then so that happens in the liver and then you pee it out so basically this is testing to see are your kidneys doing their job mm. and getting waste products out of your body uh creatinine is waste product again it is it is made by your muscles um, <laughs> from breaking down creatine, which is what you do to get—that's what you eat to get swole, right? Yeah, Fucking sure. gains. Um, it's also taken out by the kidneys, so this is kind of again seeing how your kidneys are working, seeing how much creatinine is in your urine, also in your blood, how that's going. ALTs is alanine transaminase. 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 Cans of mayonnaise. Okay. Yes. Uh, it's an enzyme. 
in the liver mostly in the liver so if your liver is being attacked or damaged it's going to release that alt into the blood so this sees how much of that is in there it can tell you how your liver is doing ast is aspartate aminotransferase it is also looking at an enzyme in your blood normally this is going to be in red blood cells heart muscle pancreas kidneys it, it's in a lot of places but so basically these are just a bunch of tests looking at is your liver working is your kidneys working is you, is your kidneys working um you know look at what's in the blood maybe if one of these is really high or really low then that's going to lead us to an organ that we can look at see what's going on right okay um so she still has that rash on her leg um she's also experiencing joint pain uh so cuddy orders non-steroidal anti-inflammatories um, just because they've already so given her the prednisone. Like, yeah. yeah, so they need to do something else. Um, she also dismisses literally anything House was considering while they were doing the initial differential. Cameron keeps on bringing stuff up, and Cuddy keeps shutting her down. She says, no, I don't want to hear it. Um, so she's not happy about it, but uh, at the same time, she doesn't really get mad at Foreman for what he did. She says, you were doing your job. You did what you thought was right. So she just... She's not super happy about it, but she's like, you know, whatever. Okay. Uh, so House uh, explores the clinic. He explores the room that he was in with her to prove he didn't give her the wrong dose. I don't... He's looking through the drawers and stuff. I guess that could kind of tell you that you reached in. But here's the thing. The drawer was not organized at all. No, and you should technically have a count, like, at the beginning and end of each day of what's in there and stuff. So maybe that's what he was looking for. I think he looked in the trash can at one point. Yeah. Which, um, that wouldn't be in the trash can, it'd be in a sharps container. So, like, what are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> and I just, like, the fact that he whips open the drawer and we've got mixed-sized syringes just chilling in there is just uh, odd. I don't, I I don't mean, know. I mean, it's not... It's, it's not, not good practice, but... Not uncommon, either. Yeah. Well, well, you can tell the difference between a 3cc and a 1cc syringe, which we already talked about. They already fucked up so there's no way of knowing <laughs> um, i swear i want to know if they did that on purpose yeah so that you can't look at it and say oh he was right or he was wrong oh it could be some artistic meta shit about like misremembering stuff so they did it on purpose to make you think well i right. think i did it right did i, I do it, it right i think up, it was just honestly. a mess up too um so he talks to wilson about the cigarette prescription he gave to mr sandy claus um and Wilson's kind of like, that's some bullshit. Yeah, why'd you do that? And uh, he goes off on Wilson. He's an oncologist. Yeah, but he goes off on Wilson about how uh, everyone feels sorry for every other cancer victim, you know, breast cancer, testicular cancer, all these other cancers, but they never feel sorry for people with lung cancer because they think people who with it did it to themselves and they deserve what they get. Um Wilson thinks House may be having doubts about whether he messed up and brings that up to him as well. I don't know if you've got any notes on that, but I thought that was it was interesting. Like, I think that's like largely that? yeah, that's largely true. That I I don't think people are necessarily so cold towards people who end up with lung cancer, but I think on a more personal kind of quiet level, we look at um, individuals who have breast cancer so i'm like oh that's so sad 
but then if you know someone who smokes and they get lung cancer, it is sad, but some part of a lot of people at least are like... They justify it. Yeah, that's what you get, I guess. You're still smoking even though you have it. The stats on cancer are so insane as far as the percentage of people that end up with some kind of cancer at some point in their lives. Um, It's sad numbers. I think, personally, with lung cancer, the reason some people are, they do tend to justify it and like, oh, you deserve that, is from our um, age and up, I suppose, you know, we grew up with commercials about how bad smoking was and it's on the boxes and in other countries especially they're very like this will kill you um but then you go back further than that and they're like hey smoke because that's great and you're gonna look cool so i think media has played a lot into that but just the awareness of the fact that smoking can cause lung cancer so it's kind of like well you can't pretend you didn't know it was a risk yeah that's true (laughs) i'm not saying that that's right um but I, i think that's where it comes from is it's easy to just, you know, oh, you deserve to get hit by that car because you were walking down the middle of the street. Yeah. Instead of you were on the sidewalk and got blindsided by a bus that jumped a curb. Yeah. And I, I don't necessarily think that House is trying to really justify smoking, you know, tons or anything like that. I, I feel like he's almost getting at the fact that, you know, for all these other cancers out there, a lot of people don't really know if there's something that they did that caused it. Right. I think like it goes... you, we, we know, wow, that was loud. Um, we know that, uh, lung cancer and, uh, smoking are tied closely yeah. together, but you know, is, do we know if there's a specific thing that tends to cause colorectal cancer or, you know, we know there's a genetic, genetic component to breast cancer, cheddar. a cheddar, component I, yeah i think it goes back also to what he was saying when he prescribed them of yeah all the stuff i i prescribe has side effects and is dangerous and is addictive um and a lot of drugs wreck your kidneys and your liver and possibly other organs too Shit, so over-the-counter tylenol <laughs> yeah and people pop stuff like candy and yeah. so I, I think it goes back a little bit to that also of well this one's destroying your lungs and it's not just kidney damage it's it's got the c word so yeah. it's it's different. Yeah. Not to say that it Yeah, we're not we're not shitting on cancer victims or anything. We've unfortunately got plenty of them in our families, but Yeah. Um and obviously we're not saying that anyone deserves lung cancer. Yeah. It's just we're we're analyzing where we think they were going with this conversation. Yeah. It was kind of interesting cuz they don't really bring it up after this point. I mean, this is kind of the, the last they really talk about and this clinic patient. Cancer comes up a lot in later seasons. Yeah. So a whole lot. We'll uh we'll get there. Um, lots so, of lots of crying will happen <laughs> as we get into later later seasons. Uh, so I guess now that I've learned what all those words Sorry. that Chase said <laughs> earlier, um, Chase gives Augustine some pills for her kidneys, right. um, and he checks her heart rate on her uh, or her um, blood pressure. Maybe I don't know. He he grabs her wrist and tells her it's one hundred and four. I have a problem with this. I don't know what he's checking for he's checking her heart rate and okay i am really irritated he's checking her pulse yeah and she says and yes, it's 104 he says check, it's fine but she thinks he's lying about you that you can check your pulse on your wrist that's a normal thing but if you look at the way that her wrists are bandaged he's, he's not gonna feel shit he's feeling through like eight layers of bandages they're bandaged really really tight 
I don't think that's where he would have checked it. There's plenty of other places he could have checked it. I just don't think he would have gone for the wrist. Yeah, I think it was kind of a, ooh, let's show how heavily she's bandaged. and like. Yeah. It really, it just annoyed me. It's, it was an odd choice. Um, but yeah, she thinks he's lying when he says 104 is okay. Um, which, what is normal heart rate? Like, is that outside, a super outside the norm? I'll move Let on me, while you look up. Yeah, um, I, I want to give you an accurate range, so okay. I don't want to. So uh, Chase ends up getting a page from House to call his mom. Chase immediately knows that it's not his mom because his mom's been dead for 10 years. Real nice, House. Um, um, sorry, let me. So the normal resting heart rate for an adult woman. This is why I wanted to like make sure I yeah. <laughs> Google it because there's lots of... Is 60 to 100. Okay, so she would be a little bit above that's, normal. I mean, that's but... nothing. My, heart, my resting heart rate is ridiculously high. Yeah, you're like a hummingbird. Uh, pretty i mean yeah. <laughs> yes if you add in the amount of caffeine i consume on the daily bruh bruh anyways call mom that that's where you're at not call your mom uh. hi mom hi mom did you just no i did not that was something else we're in public ghosts in my blood do cocaine about uh, it cool okay um, we're not doctors <laughs> so house thinks the nun is lying about something big surprise he thinks everyone's lying about something and yeah, she's but she usually is, right though. she definitely is she's lying a lot um and wants to know why chase hates nuns and he believes that he's got to have a reason no one just hates nuns um I mean, who hates nuns they're not hurting anyone which is why chase has to have a reason for it oh right um he deduces that chase was probably raised catholic and was forced to go to med school by his father um, Chase doesn't necessarily confirm this, but the look on his face says that House isn't far off from the truth. Hitting close to home. Um, so Chase suggests if she has a secret, Mother Superior would know. The regional nun manager, I don't know. He also, I like the way they did that because he says, I think if she was hiding something, her boss would know about it. Yeah. Because House keeps digging up all this dirt. And I just, and yeah. That's a nice bit of writing. Yeah, kind of it, was. It, it was. It was good. Bringing it around. Um, so House goes to uh, get thee to a nunnery um, to visit her and check for possible allergens, maybe previous drug use, something like that. Um, he thinks uh, the best way to find the truth about someone should be done by asking someone else. The And I, I think, aside from the fact that he believes everyone lies, I also kind of agree with him here in that sometimes we have a perception of ourselves that may not be accurate to everyone else. Um, I often uh, talk about just being alone with your own thoughts. Yeah. Thinking about how other people view you and things that you, uh, me personally, um, you know, things that I look in the mirror every day and hate about myself or personality traits that I don't like about myself, other people might like or find endearing or not notice at all yeah it's like anxieties so... about oh people think this about me they may not care or yeah. they may not notice or they may not think about but that and we just always assume we're the center of our own universe and we have a really hard time looking outside that so we assume we matter and we really fucking don't. and not just that we we i think everyone always assumes that the inner dialogue that we have or inner monologue or whatever is not unique to us that everyone thinks in the same patterns that we do everyone views things in the same way that we do even something simple like for me i think my fingernails are what normal fingernails look like 
it's so silly. It, it's so weird to think about that. But I look at mine, I'm like, that's what normal fingernails look like. And I see someone else's, and I think those look weird. Your unless they look like so mine. Fast. Yeah. I don't even... I know, it's a I don't eat collagen. I, I don't eat collagen. Biogen. Collagen um, cheese. Did you know that some people don't have an inner monologue? Uh, it's scary. I don't want to think about that. I, <laughs> that's so... That's again, interesting, though. Another, like, really cool Patreon episode we could do. Uh, the way that different people think. Oh, it's crazy to think about because you can't think about not having that if you've had it your whole life. But that's also... Some people picture... That if I say, imagine yourself on a beach... Like, some people can't imagine the beach at all. Some people can see themselves on the beach. Some people can't see themselves on the beach. Like, if I view anything, even a memory, or myself sitting here right now, I don't see myself. Or, I mean, I... Sorry. I don't see it from in myself. I see it from, like, slightly behind myself. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I think that's a... interesting, like, depersonalization stuff. I, oh, I, you I know dealt, I'm the queen of depersonalization. Yeah, I dealt with that stuff, like, really severely a couple years ago. It's a trauma to a point, response. <laughs> yeah, to a point where, like, I would go see a movie, and when I was thinking about the movie later, I would think of it in terms of someone else described the movie that they saw yes. to me. Yep. I wasn't thinking about the movie through my own eyes. Yeah. I couldn't think of it that way. Because I was separated from it. That's why I have a really hard time recalling movies or yeah. even these episodes. I mean, we get really, really into these and I still have... I can't picture what's coming up next because I dissociate so hard from everything. Mm -hmm. Because trauma. Um, I'm like a professional at it. Anyways, sorry. Tangent. A little it's bit of a tangent. It's so... Oh, um, blows my brain apart. So, how's uh, talking to... Uh, Mother Superior catches her in a lie about Augustine's past. Whoopsie. Mother Superior, how could you? More like motherfucker. Well, Sorry. because they believe, as she says, that your life begins when you give up your life. When you take your vows you and take put your on vows. your habit. Yep. Which, again, like, cool, <laughs> but medical history. <laughs> I gotta know this shit. Yeah. Um, he says this because he saw whenever he, um, when she went into cardiac arrest, he saw a tattoo of a skunk on her shoulder, which meant that I don't know why he'd pick a skunk, but it meant she wasn't always in the church's care. She had to have left at some point for this to happen. And yeah, again, like you said, she says, oh, life begins when we put on our habits and take our vows. Yeah, but your medical um, history starts when you're born. So yeah, she didn't, she didn't think her rebel, rebel phase really mattered to her treatment. Fucking yet again. Here we go. Oh, I didn't <laughs> think that mattered. Well, that's not for you to decide. You're not a doctor. Um, so she tells him the truth. Uh, she ended up leaving um, when I think she was about 12 or so. Um, she was homeless for a while. She used drugs. At 15, she ended up getting pregnant, and she attempted to self-abort, and she lost the child and got sick. Um, and then eventually she came back after she got sick. Um, she came back, and that's when she put on the habit and took her vows. Um, so House thinks this is interesting, and he ends up drinking some of the tea Mother Superior made for him, and he notices something. Ooh. Um so we find out Augustine is getting worse despite these new medications. Um, Cameron says House might have been right, but Cuddy still won't accept um, what he was going for, and she won't accept broad guesses. She wants something specific. Um, Which, like, don't we all, bro? Yeah. So House ends up giving Cuddy the tea mix and says it is figwort. 
Um, he says it's usually pretty good for you, but when you mix it with even the tiniest bit of epinephrine, it causes cardiac arrest. Even 0.1 cc. Even p point p one twenty. Um, she's been drinking it literally the entire time. She's been in the freaking hospital. <laughs> um, and once you exclude the fact that she's been drinking that and had the epinephrine, um, so you exclude the cardiac arrest, all of her symptoms can be explained by a long-term allergic reaction, which was one of Cameron's earliest guesses. Yes, that was like the second thing the she The second said. thing she threw out. Um, he ends up praising Foreman for ratting him out because he, despite it being difficult, Foreman stood up for what he believed in, what he thought was going on. Um, but he ends up scolding Cameron for backing down from her one of her initial and correct diagnoses because she wouldn't fight for it. Um, again, he's being kind of harsh towards Cameron, but he's got a point. He's trying yeah. to push her to get to a more confident place where she's able to yeah deliver bad news to patients and stick with her diagnosis if she believes it's right and not back down just because he or anyone else is like no nah, that's not it um so this is where chase says well damned if you do damned if you don't um in this case uh you're damned if you do listen to house and you're damned if you don't listen to him yes. um you don't listen to him like foreman did and uh yeah so on and so forth um <laughs> I, yes. I always got confused. I was trying to figure out figure it out, and I had it, and then I lost it, so That's I'm fine. not going to go We know for what it. you mean. Um, so House believes, yes, she's been suffering from this allergy for such a long time that it's gotten terrible. It's not just, you know, a uh, little bit of breathing hard or an allergic, you know, rash or something. It's gone full-blown kick-your-ass allergy. Um, so what do we do? What do we do? We throw her in a clean room. Of course, just like last time. And, and house. Time for that. Yeah. Time for... Um, so Chase still goes back to the dish soap, but she hasn't been exposed to that since she got in, so it's not going to be that. She's still experiencing these symptoms that should have subsided if she wasn't being exposed to the allergen anymore. Um, house thinks it's got to be something uh, common to both the monastery and the hospital. Um, Foreman thinks maybe it was the tea, but House doesn't think that's it. Um, Chase suggests that they, okay, let's do an allergen test, but she's already so freaking reactive that she's going to react to everything they test for. So because instead... Her body's in hyperdrive. Yeah. Um, so instead, they're going to put her in a clean room, um, get her away from every possible allergen, and then gradually introduce allergens once she's kind of stabilized a little bit, see if they can figure out what's going on. Um, so she gets put in the clean room. Uh, she wants her sisters to pray with her because she's scared. She's being isolated and all that, but they're not allowed inside. So Chase ends up praying with her. Um, and she's like, oh, God's left me. And he's like, God didn't leave you. Um, he ends up revealing that he was in seminary school and he had to um, tell people his favorite verse. Uh, the one he quotes is First Peter 1, seven. I'm not going to read out the whole thing, but it's essentially that your faith is being tested um, and that these trials are supposed to reveal whether your faith is strong or not. Uh, and she says having faith isn't going to change if she dies or not, but Chase says it will determine how you experience your death. Um, which is fair. Which is fair, yes. Uh, he also says he left the school because she passed her... She passed her test of faith but he failed his 
Um, she then goes into anaphylactic shock despite being in the clean room. Uh oh. Um, they end up having to intubate her. They also give her another epi shot. Yeah. Why? She's been. I know. I'm sure she's not drinking her tea anymore. But they still fucking give her another they, epi shot. She has been. We've seen her drinking her tea. Like they just like, put her in the yeah. Room. I if we're assuming a passage of time of more than you know two hours, then I'm sure maybe that would be fine. But we know, know she's been drinking it recently. So the fact that they're like, we need a point one cc's of epinephrine stat, and that I'm like, went really again? well the first time. Yeah, again, we know that she's been drinking this tea. We gotta let it work out of her system. Oh god. Maybe they only gave her partial. Who knows? Such a bad uh, choice. Um, Everything's great. So Wilson, while they're trying to figure out what the hell, how is she reacting in a clean room? Wilson's like, was it the. Uh, was it preservatives in her IV? Was it latex tubing? Was it something in the room? But House says, no, we've tested it all. Um, he, Wilson, suggests maybe it's mast cell leukemia, but her blood levels seem to be fine. And uh, House says, it's not eosinophilia, odiopathic anaphylaxis. Practice that. Oh, I wasn't going to talk about it. That's fine. Um, we already talked about e- yeah. eosinophils and, and all of that. So I'm proud it's, of you, though. It's not this specific type of allergic reaction, yeah. I guess. Um, Wilson says, uh, sometimes patients die for no reason, and sometimes they get better for no reason. House says, fuck that, and that's absolutely not true. They just don't know the reason every yeah. time, which is true. That's how science works. I mean, right? Like... <laughs> Yeah, just because you can't explain it doesn't mean there's no explanation. Yes. Um, so, uh, while they're still trying to figure it out, we see Cameron gives House a present, which kind of ca- catches him off guard because he's been a dick to her like this entire time. He's been really kind of mean towards her. Um, we also see uh, Chase come in and he says, Augustine has been extubated. Uh, and is trying to leave, and it might be his fault because of his conversation with her about this being like a test of faith. Um, so finally, House goes to see Augustine and talk to her directly. He hasn't, I don't believe he's talked to her since the clinic. No, but I think so. he goes into her clean room and tries to convince her to stay. She says it's a test, and if God's going to take her, it doesn't matter where she is. House says that's not acceptance. She's literally running away from this like she always does. Um, they kind of talk about faith not being logic. He says faith isn't logic or based on logic or experience. And she's like, well, I experience God all the time through the miracle of life and the miracle of birth. I. It's fine. Oh my God. Ah, um, I'm really (laughs) frustrated at this, um, because of the fact that I think it's really critical of her to say that or hypocritical of her to say that because she got pregnant and tried to self-abort which I'll just throw it out there right now I think everyone should have access to birth control of all kinds including abortion I'm just thinking it's really hypocritical of her to decide that she wants an abortion and then go into I guess you could call it a profession that is very adamantly anti-abortion to be fair to be devil's fair. advocate here yes she was 15 when it happened she was very young yes um and that experience is what pushed her to be a nun mm-hmm. and go back and change her life for that so i can definitely see 
her way of thinking of like, oh, that was the devil at work, but God turned it around to push me towards him. Yeah. I, I see where she's coming from on that. I'm like not saying a, it's not hypocritical. Like on a personal religious level, I, I understand her personal experience yeah. moving towards that. It's just, I also wonder if, because she doesn't ever state really regret for making that decision right, or anything like that. She's just like, but, I new life now. I mean, that's kind of part of the, yeah, our life begins when we take our vows and put on the hat. Okay, well, you still did that and you still made that decision you made that decision yeah. and it's but yeah against... you don't, it's almost a cop out of she's like well I don't have to take responsibility for that because it happened before yeah or to to suggest that you know I don't believe in abortion well you had one yeah but I don't think you should be able to have one so should you have been able to have one I, again like yeah. I don't know I, I, I wrestled with that it really if annoyed me from her to it then her life would have been completely different she wouldn't have had to do a self-abortion or attempt one and get really sick because i'm sure she scarred herself horribly and got, yeah. got an infection and stuff um which let's just real quick here say that we both believe that abortion should be accessible um and not judged and there are plenty of studies and medical journals and all sorts of stuff where you can go and look at the numbers abortion is going to happen whether it's quote legal or not and it is much safer for the mother if it is done by an actual doctor not in an alley or under a bridge or you know yeah or hell even you know in somebody's house just or a doctor trying to do it not basement. in a clinic setting and yeah, yeah it's, a basement doctor or something like it that it is something yeah. that should be accessible and um i don't really care if you don't think that because i do <laughs> there it is, and that that's one of the things i I don't remember where um i watched I was watching a video or something about the the arguments and the arguments I think in that case of pro choice and pro birth um yeah, we're it's, arguing pro birth yeah, not pro life exactly um the argument there it, you're never going to be able to see the eye to eye because even if we i can show you statistics and facts and numbers that show abortion being legal actually lowers abortion rates and causes less people to have them it doesn't matter because for someone who's pro-birth on a moral level they don't care about the end result they care about the fact that it is allowed to happen yeah they don't care about again the the ends of it they care far more about the means so there's that which is gross yep um, so House says, hey, it's not a miracle if you deliver a crack-addicted baby who is immediately abandoned by mom because she needs to go get a fix. Um, and as far as the miracle of love, he says, you're twice as likely to get murdered by someone you love than a stranger. Um, the husband did it. The husband did it, of course. Um, he says, you can have faith in measurable quantities and you can believe in the afterlife all you want, but don't don't be an idiot is his words about life uh if god's in you whether you live or die then you might as well live which yeah he's got a point like i could also argue that the opposite way really easily of course yeah (laughs) um uh, so she says well i was on every birth control known to man but i still got pregnant um i have a problem with that statement because like she was 12 years old living under a bridge and then at 15 like how was she getting access to all of this stuff but then didn't have access to an abortion 
Yeah. It's is odd. My, it, it's just weird phrasing. Yeah. Like. Um, and then she she says, well, House, even you, you can't be angry with God if you don't believe in him. How can you be angry at someone that doesn't exist? That's a fair I, statement. I would say yes, but I also really hate it. This was the primary argument at the end of the movie, God's Not Dead. Um, and I, I think it very... It's supposed to be like a gotcha statement, mm -hmm. but um, it implies, to me at least, it implies that if someone is angry about the idea of religion or God, it means that they believe in them, that they believe in God or something, which is not necessarily true. I can be See, angry I didn't about take it that way. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, and I, I would assume that that's what's going on here too. Um, but yeah, I can be angry about the effects religion has had on yep. the world without being mad at God's, you know, influence in my life or something. Anyone can do that. Um, Elk and I both have very interesting religious upbringings. Yeah. So <laughs> um, if you haven't noticed by now, we got feels about this stuff. But yeah, he, uh, she says that to him. I, again, it's supposed to be this big gotcha moment, but I, I hear it and I'm like, yeah, that's not necessarily true. I see where she's coming from. I see it more of... You can't be mad at somebody you don't think exists. Yeah. Like, at God, not at religion. But you can't be mad at God and say, why is God doing this to me if you don't believe in God? Exactly, yeah. If you or, were, if... you know, take out the capital G and just make it higher power. Yeah, how can you, you be mad at You can't be mad this? at the higher power. Yeah. And not believe in a higher power. And I would, I would hope that anyone who wanted, or if you were atheist or agnostic or something, and someone tries to pull that on you, how can you be angry at God? you can say I don't have to be angry at God to recognize the damage that a religion in his name has had. Yes. Um, so moving on. Um, so her statement about having God inside her and about her birth control and all that gives um, House an idea. That and the fact that he talks to Wilson and he says, well, maybe she's allergic to God if she, she's got God inside her. Um, he's like, interesting. So he decides to give her a full body scan to see if there's actually something in her um, that was left over. Um, so they end up doing a scan and finding an IUD. Um, they find a cross. A copper cross. <laughs> um, and I thought it's so funny. Whenever they do this, they, they pull the same old, look at that image. Oh, can you pull it up? Enhance. Enhance. <laughs> I need a 3D printout stat. Um and I guess they decide to defuse the IUD. Uh, is that right? What? Disarm the IUD? <laughs> sure. Um, so it's a copper cross. It's a, it's a form of birth control that was pulled off the market in the 80s. And she has a copper allergy. It embedded itself in her endometrial tissue, which is why when um, she had the abortion, I assume she probably ended up having to be seen by a doctor at some point um, because she attempted, they say that she attempted to self-abort and the baby didn't make it, so I'm assuming she hurt herself, ended up actually going to a hospital Probably. to complete it all. But um, most likely it embedded itself in her tissue, so they didn't see it whenever um, they were working on her. Uh, she had minimal symptoms for a long time, but when the monastery got a donation of copper pots, which she washed earlier on, she had a full-blown reaction mm -hmm. to it. And ever since then, they said she's continued having symptoms, due to her food being prepared in copper pots. And her tea. And right? her tea. Yep. I assume it's, it's been definitely her tea. They say her food, too, 
I don't think that hospital would have copper pots. No, I think they were just implying like when this all started. Yeah. Like, I think it was kind of a... Oh, God. Hi, Simon. Well, and yeah, I'd wonder too if her continued allergic reactions meant that maybe the sisters were bringing her food from the monastery too. Or like the tea, at least. Yeah, at least the tea, at the was... very least. Yeah. Um, please stop knocking on stuff, buddy. Uh, so um, while they're telling her about all of this and everything, she tells... Chase, Jesus her favorite Christ passage son. is about the uh, the prodigal son and how it applies to Chase. And he seems a little bit like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, so now we get into my fun tangent. Um, you haven't let me talk about anything. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I have yeah. so much stuff yeah, about yeah, yeah, the tea yeah, yeah, yeah. that you never saw. And her copper allergy. Yeah. Let's do it all. Can we... It's your turn. Yeah. I'll go off on my little tangent in a oh, bit. Oh, my. Hold on. Let me Simon, get clawed to death. Just sit down, dude. You're so chubby. Oh my gosh, sorry. He was really freaking out. Okay, let's go back to the tea that you never let me talk about. Get some so, tea. I could talk about this for hours because it's going to be a little bit about plants. Spill the tea. Yeah, we get it. You made the joke already. I'm going to keep doing moved my rough pop. sex. He moved my <laughs> um, okay, so figwort tea. It... So figwort is a family of herbs, family of plants. Um, figwort tea, there's some studies on it. I'm going to say some. Um, and some of them really like to say they're hella conclusive and they're not. Okay, But it is used and has been used for a really long time for healing skin issues. Uh, hemorrhoids is a big one, tuberculosis, especially in cows. It can decrease swelling and pain. Um, it can affect blood sugar. It basically works like a diuretic, so makes you pee a lot, and it can make your body get rid of too much potassium and hold on to lithium, so that can be a problem if you're on, like, lithium pills. Mm. Um, also, can get rid of too much potassium, and then your sodium gets off, whatever. Uh, also, it has heart stimulant properties because of cardioactive glycoside um which explains the reaction or cardiac arrest it yes already boosting your heart rate yes. you and charge then, her with some adrenaline yes yeah um so i was trying to look at like how much is safe or like what the normal amount because all right you can go buy this on a million websites of herbal healers and stuff and they all have all of these studies with no scientific evidence. Anyways, basically what I found is you're going to use one to three teaspoons of the herb per cup, and you should drink up to three cups daily. Seems to me like she was drinking more than that, but like, we don't know. I mean, they never definitively say that, but, so... They, all they say is she's been drinking it religiously. <laughs> <laughs> also, let's bring this back to religion. So, Speedwell is an herb in the, sp the figwort family. And it is also known as Veronica herb, named after St. Veronica, who wiped away the blood from Jesus' face when he was being crucified. And it is very closely associated with miracles because of all this. It is used for this figwort tea. That is why they serve it a lot in monasteries. Interesting. Because it's known for its healing properties and being a miracle cure. Mm -hmm. And so in the, I can't remember the, the name of it, but in Catholic tradition... 
and if you've ever seen the passion of the christ it actually happens in the movie but while jesus is bringing the cross to calvary um he stumbles a woman is there she hands him a shroud like a, a cloth and he puts his face in it and it leaves the imprint of jesus's bloodied face in the cloth Mm -hmm. and that's yeah that's her it's supposed to be what it is and that is supposed to have a uh like that cloth is is one of what you could call a holy relic Mm -hmm. just like the actual cross of jesus the spear that pierced his side the cup he drank from all of that it's if i wouldn't be surprised if it's yeah exactly (laughs) i'm sure it shows up probably in the show Supernatural and all these other things. Like, yeah. it, it is one of those really high-level well uh, religious relics. It's like his face in a piece of toast. Anyways, so... <laughs> like Wilson on a, a volleyball. For my horror corner, which we kind of got into earlier with the sweating blood thing, but this horror was my, corner. like... There's some horrors in this house. I probably do that every <laughs> week. It's fine. Um, alrighty. There's a serial killer. Yay. He was a nurse. His name is Charles Cullen. Um, there's a really great book called The Good Nurse that is all about him. Highly recommend. He killed patients using... I always say this wrong. Digoxin? 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 Digimon. Well, so it's normally shortened to D-I-G, so I say dig, so I say digoxin. But, like, I have no idea if that's right or if I just made that up. That's how I read it. Don't Mm. yell at me, please. (laughs) You can tell me, like, if I'm saying it wrong, but don't yell at me. Anyways, so this is pretty much the only cardioactive glycoside used in clinical settings, um, which you'll remember the figwort tea has cardioactive glycosides, which is what speeds your heart up. So this is... It makes your heart beat more efficiently, and it's pretty much the only one that they use, and he used it to kill patients, because it's really hard to trace. Interesting. So just a little bit of... As soon as I saw the cardioactive glycoside, I was like, that's ransom bells. There's a serial <laughs> killer here. So, yeah, that's... They use stuff from that family, make these drugs, and they were used in... by a serial killer. It's still a thing that's used. I mean, it's, it's still a good drug. He just used it in a not great way, I guess. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's talk about some other stuff. Oh, you had asked me um, what extubated mean. It's just when they unincubate. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's I, I didn't know in, if you ever uh, looked at it. Intubation and then intubation means they're putting it in and extubation, like exit, taking it You're out. Taking it. Okay. Um, okay. So we have an IUD. Uh, IUDs are a form of contraception. This, the copper ones in particular, are non-hormonal. They are back on the market. So, like, they were saying that they went off, but they do have them again. Are they copper? Um, mm-hmm. They have copper IUDs. There's tons of different IUDs. Interesting. I wonder if they just, like, reworked them or something. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, so, they're non-hormonal, which is really cool. I'm not going to go on, like, tangent about birth control, but they are a good option. They last up to 12 years. So that's really neat. Also, I didn't know this. Um, so we, most people probably know about Plan B, which you can take um, right away to stop a pregnancy from happening if you have unprotected sex on accident. And apparently copper IUDs can be used as emergency contraceptive if inserted within five days of the unprotected sex. I'm not sure how that works, honestly. Is I, it Plan C for Copper Cross? Okay. <laughs> so Got him. 
I looked up copper allergies, and I did specifically look up allergies to copper IUDs because I like to be thorough. So, when you have a copper IUD, some of the reactions that you can have that are technically an allergic reaction are periods that are heavier or longer than usual, um, really bad abdominal cramps, and extra discomfort, and then you can also like cramp even if you're not having your period. I've never had an IUD. I was only ever on the pill, um, but I have heard from people who have IUDs, you get a lot of cramping right after they put it in mm-hmm. because they're they're messing with your shit. Um, but also, I've I've heard that you cramp a lot for like the first six months, kind of. Your body's just getting used to it, and then it, it goes away. So, but that can be. So you could get that from any IUD, but also it could be a copper allergy. Um, normally, you have about fifty to eighty milligrams of copper in your body. Copper is important. We use yeah. it for our bodies. Use it for a lot of things. We do intake enough copper normally through our diets. Um, extra copper gets peed or shit out. Your body goes ahead and filters that. Like when I eat that penny. Right. Um, so copper is going to be found like in your muscles and your liver mostly, and then it'll get filtered out if need be. Obviously, sometimes that doesn't happen. So okay, copper poisoning. You're going to get headaches, fever, passing out, dizziness, throwing up, blood in your vomit, diarrhea, black tarry poops, um, cramps. You can get uh, Kaiser Flesher rings, which I think we are going to talk about in another episode. I believe that comes up, but you get like brown rings around your eyes. Um, You can also get jaundice. You can also, we kind of touched on this earlier, get some mental and behavioral symptoms. I say we touched on this earlier, we touched on it with oxygen toxicity, mm-hmm. which I just thought it was interesting that there's kind of a correlation because, like, they didn't talk about it, but maybe that's something they were looking for, and then they just ruled it out because they were like, oh, it was the oxygen, maybe it was a copper, and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, you can be irritable and anxious and, like, can't pay attention to anything, and you're really overwhelmed, and then you're really overexcited, and, like, stuff's just <laughs> happening at light speed, bro. Slow down, slow down. Um, also, you can get depressed. Oh. Also, you can have mood swings. So, I mean, sounds like it. Yeah. Anyways long-term copper toxicity so those are like poisonings but if we're talking long-term toxicity chronic mm -hmm. okay um they can be fatal you can end up with kidney and liver damage or failure which makes sense because that's where these things are living and potentially getting um flushed out but if they're not then they're building up you can also get heart failure and brain damage so that's rough yeah so, um, they don't really talk about it, but I assume they take her IUD out. Yeah. And I from hope so. there, really, um, they're, they're probably just going to monitor, but, you know, they're going to have her stop drinking shit out of copper. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's going to work itself out, really. Is everything that I looked at, it's like, yeah, I mean, if you just chill, it'll go ahead and your body will kick the rest of it out and gradually yeah. like i i don't know that they I don't know even you... prescribe a treatment for her like, they do not really interestingly they do show her continuing to be in the hospital because they show her later in the chapel during the christmas service or i guess christmas mass Wait, um was that in the that's in the episode yeah was I... that in the hospital yeah because he he goes to the hospital mass and chases there yeah, so, for some reason, 
I'm misremembering because I thought they were at their thing and Chase went to their like church for it. I think he was still in his, his doctor's clothes. Maybe it was sure. a different one, but she's in a wheelchair and she's still in a hospital she gown. She doesn't have her habit on. That's yeah. true. Okay. So I think I, she's I guess I just still in the hospital. Um, I mean, she does still have like the stigmata still chilling. Yeah. Um, she, she definitely still has some issues. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I guess I'll, I'll do this tangent after I show the rest of it. So we see like a final, or, um, sorry, Wilson invites house over for Christmas, uh, and, um, for Christmas dinner and house is like, aren't you Jewish? And he's like, Christmas, whatever it's food. Um, and, uh, house says, um, that he doesn't really want to come over. He doesn't want to be around people. So Wilson's like, well, maybe I'll just come to your house instead. And we see a final montage um, of everyone and what they're doing for Christmas. So we see we, House and Wilson. Sorry, we do also uh, find out that Wilson is married. I don't yeah, know if we've mentioned yeah, that's that. That's one of the, the big developments. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, uh, so we see House and Wilson. They're eating takeout at House's place. They're laughing. They're having a good time. We see Cameron in an office opening a gift. I assume it's from House. Based I feel on like that's implied. Yeah, based on what's happened earlier in the in the episode. Yeah. Um, we see Cuddy, despite it being Christmas, is still with patients at the hospital. Um, Chase is in the hospital chapel wa- watching Augustine uh, in you know the Christmas mass, and then he kind of leaves sullenly. I guess maybe just because of all of this stuff that it's been making him think about. And based on the fact that we see everyone else, I am going to infer that it is Foreman we see dressed up as Santa giving gifts to the kids. Yeah, you can't really, like, tell, but, I mean, that's... If we've seen what everyone else is doing, I, I feel I like we can assume is. that. But, again, just showing Foreman's actually a really good guy. Yeah. Um, so, the, uh, the tangent I wanted to go on. So, oh, in really? the very beginning of the episode, um, when Wilson finds House hanging out, he says melancholy without hope which circle of hell is that and uh house kind of comments on it and then right now at the end of the episode um he walks up to house and says uh you're in the sixth circle of hell and uh he is not right and house actually accurately describes what the sixth circle of hell would be and then after he describes it Wilson says, oh, I think that's the seventh circle. So I wanted to talk about all that fun stuff. This is from Dante's Inferno. Uh, the fifth circle of hell is anger. Um, those whose primary sin in life was anger would be cast into the fifth circle, which uh, is um, punishment in the river Styx, or the marsh Styx, mm-hmm. like the band. Um so this uh, marsh is what you could think of, um, you know, like a marsh or a swamp, really dirty, dark, gross water. Gingy. And um, those who were outwardly angry in life uh, are submerged in the water um, up to various levels, but they fight on the surface with each other um, and yell, whereas the melancholy without hope, the sullen, would be submerged underneath the water never to see the light of day so that's kind of they they are kind of submerged all of them are sort of embroiled in anger and they are punished for it by either not getting to experience light at all by being a more sullen kind of Mm -hmm. person or if they're more outwardly angry 
they are just in constant um, battle, battle with people. Uh, the sixth circle of hell is for heretics. This is the first circle inside um, the city of Dees. Dees nuts. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Um, he- sorry. Sin is kind of divided up into different types um, of groups, not just the specific sin, but how it shows itself in life. So the first several sins, they're grouped into sort of sins of the flesh. Um, and then we get more into like sins against, uh, or sins of the heart more, and then soul type sins. But uh, six is the first one that would be more sins of the heart. It's heresy. Um, those who are cast in the sixth circle are in open tombs that are dug into the ground um, that are constantly on fire. This is... That's pretty chill. Yeah, this is pretty much the um, more, I guess I'd say, uh, Protestant view of hell. That's what say. Of yeah. eternal darkness and, and fire, fire and all of that. Yeah. And all heresy is. Heresy is different from blasphemy. Heresy, you may firmly believe uh, what it is you're saying is true, but it's a deviation of accepted doctrine. Okay. So if you were to so you're say making that... making up your own version of Yeah, it. like if you were to sincerely believe that, like... Jesus wasn't actually the sin, the son of God or wasn't actually divine or if you were to say that something like baptism wasn't necessary for salvation then that's, um, that's heresy, heresy. Gotcha. Um, so yeah they are stuck in these open flaming tombs for all eternity very fun um, and then the seventh circle is violence and it's divided up into three sections violence isn't anger no uh, anger is more um, again, like sullenness, kind of just anger towards Inside. other people, or it may be um, a sort of verbal anger. It's it's not necessarily physical harm to okay. someone else. It's it's, it's not more like murder. Yeah, it's, it's more, more personal cool. or mental harm or gotcha. something. Just constantly want to argue with people, all that kind of stuff. Um, the first part of the seventh circle of violence is for violence against others okay uh you in this circle would be submerged in the river i'm gonna butcher this i think it's the phlegaton i it's phlegaton 9000 it's latin it could be phlegaton it could be plegaton plegathon it's something like that it is a (laughs) it is a river of boiling blood Okay. <laughs> and you are submerged based on how how violent you were. So if um, some people are in it submerged only up to their feet, mm-hmm. whereas others may be completely submerged in it, like um, he finds Attila the Hun and Alexander the Great in this circle of hell. Um, and centaurs roam the shores to make sure no one gets out. I just want everyone to know that Elk is doing this all from memory. He's not looking at notes. It's just really impressive and kind of hot. Oh, thank you. Dante's Inferno is one of my favorite reads. It's really getting me going. I could never read Purgatory and Paradiso. I found them boring, but Inferno was fun. Um, So the second circle, or the second piece of the seventh circle is violence against self. Um, Oops. Those who are cast (laughs) into uh, hell for suicide would land in this forest that is devoid suicide of forest. life. Yeah, it's essentially, yeah, the suicide forest is, is what they would refer to it as. Um, I don't know if the one in Japan 
uh, was named based on this, or if that one's older than Dante's Inferno, it could be. The Inferno was written, I think, in the 1400s. Um, it was the 13 or 1400s. But, I don't think Dutch Japan before has got that name for a long time. I'll, um, I'll work on that while you talk. But in this circle, uh, because you did not value your body, which was given by the divine, your body is no longer your own. So when you land in this circle, you essentially get planted there, and your body grows like a tree. So it, it becomes a tree, essentially. And it is torn out by the harpies, which are basically like hell bats. Um, <laughs> they, harpies are from Greek. Uh, most of Dante's Inferno was influenced by both Christian mythology and Greek. A little bit of Roman, too, but mostly those two. Um, and yeah, they tear at your limbs, they rip you apart, and all of that uh, fun stuff. And you bleed, and you can still talk and stuff, but again, your body's not your own. And the interesting one, too, is when they talk about Judgment Day, and when Jesus comes back and, and raises certain people from hell, that the people in this particular circle, um, when Judgment Day comes, people are re reunited with their bodies. Like, right now, it's just their souls or their shades being punished. But your body and your soul reunite at this point, and then you may also suffer with your body in hell. But unlike the rest of them, their soul and their body aren't really going to reunite at this point. It's it's really interesting stuff. But uh, the final part of the seventh circle is violence against God. Um, this one's kind of hard to describe. Uh, I guess I would say um, blasphemy would be one. Um, as opposed to heresy, which is a sincere but incorrect belief, blasphemy is direct um, confrontation with God and what he taught. Like, it would be, like, purposefully burning down churches or purposefully saying um, stuff like God isn't real or uh, God is a, a terrible being or, or something like that. Um, could be targeting violence specifically towards religious people. Um the people here in the uh, third part of the seventh circle wander um, burning sands and um, fire and brimstone rain down on them while they're wandering these sands. Some people are uh, have to kind of walk around and they sort of try to dodge the fire as best they can. Others are laid out on the sand, mm. um, but you're constantly moving. I th The reason for it, like almost every punishment in hell is supposed to be sort of a reflection of the sin itself um the only one i can really find a connection to here is that it's supposed to be um sort of reminiscent of the destruction of sodom and gomorrah mm -hmm. um which those cities were supposed to be like a direct affront to god himself and so dante chose this punishment to represent that but um i Again, the whole point of bringing up all of these for Wilson ends up tying closely into the episode because Dante is considered a really major figure in um, Catholic history, um, very closely tied to uh, the popes back then. He mentions a lot of specific popes, bishops, archbishops, friars and stuff, so there, there's a lot of catholic connotation to dante's inferno so it's interesting that wilson brings that up initially without really any knowledge that houses about to treat a nun um 
but then you know afterwards i suppose he knows that he's treating a nun so he brings all that up but that was my little tangent um I could do a whole ass podcast on Dante's Inferno. Um, uh, I, I was gonna. So I'm not going to say the Japanese name because I will butcher it. Um, yeah. So the Sea of Trees, the Suicide Forest. There's there's different names for it. Was like made originally of hardened lava from the last major eruption of Mount Fuji mm-hmm. in 864 CE. So, and in Japanese mythology, it is thought to be possessed by demons. So, interesting. That's cool. I think I think CU would be like Cretaceous era, maybe. I don't know. Forest is super interesting. Yeah. Um. Also, like the spikes and suicides after the movie The Forest, which is a good movie. Um, there ah, oh, there's so much to it. It has a really um disturbing but rich history. Yeah, I think it's very interesting. Sad place. I would love to go. <laughs> I'd like to see it too, but I feel like at the same time, like seeing that would also be t- to me like seeing um, Dachau or Auschwitz, like yeah. really sombering experience. I, I want, I want to experience it though. The the forest specifically because people say you're just so disoriented and it it just brings on this. There's lots of places like that. There's different cliffs mm-hmm. um, around the world that people get there and they say you just feel something telling you you're supposed to jump off you, know, you just feel some some presence i just think that kind of stuff is super um, interesting certain places in the world yeah yeah that have that kind of wonder almost power or what brings that on if it's you know if it is some higher or lower <laughs> power <laughs> or uh you know magnetic pull I, yeah i think it's cool so uh finally we have some major developments um so Cameron, we find out she's some type of agnostic. She says she's not religious and she doesn't believe in God, but she does believe in a higher power. I don't know if, I don't know. Like, it, it seems like she may not necessarily even believe in an entity, but may believe in more of like a force, like nature yeah. or something like that. Um, she is demonstrated to be very sensitive towards house and trying not to offend him or make him feel bad with the whole candy cane thing. (laughs) Um, and, uh, she shows that she is a good doctor and she knows what she's talking about, but she still has a lot to learn in terms of pushing for what she believes in, um, and using her good senses. Uh, so Foreman, we find out he is religious. Um, he believes in God. He does stand up for what he believes is right. And, does things that he thinks are good, um, including uh, tattling on House about his treatment and, as we see later, being the hospital Santa. Um, Chase, we find out a lot about Chase. This is a big Chase episode. We found out he went to seminary school. He was raised Catholic, most likely forced to be a doctor by his father, which we found out earlier his dad was the one who got him the position at this hospital. Um, he seems to have a very angry relationship with both religion and his father and we find out his mom has been dead for 10 years Um, we kind of already suspected this but Cuddy doesn't think House is infallible and she is willing to step in and even take over when she thinks he is wrong Um, she is also shown to be very much married to her work 
right now as we see her continuing to work even on Christmas. So doesn't seem to have anything that she's like, oh, gotta go home to that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then Wilson, a lot of stuff here too in a very short time frame. Um, despite us finding out in the very first episode that he's Jewish, um, he doesn't seem to practice it at all, doesn't seem very interested. Um, we find out he is married. Um, and he also doesn't seem to be interested at all in spending time with her. Um, he, he's willing to lie to avoid going home. He's, uh, he says, I don't want to be home. Maybe I'll Which, come over to your house. I, I hate holidays, so I kind of get it. Yeah. But I don't hate holidays with you. Yeah. But he does kind of house insinuates that there's, um, people going to be there. Cause yeah. he says he doesn't want to be around people. So I wonder if it was, like, a big situation. But then that's really shitty of him as a spouse. Yeah, because like, he oh, says... I'm just going to leave this all on you. Yeah, and he says, oh, maybe I'll tell her I'm working. Um, I'm a doctor. She hears it all the time. She'll yeah. believe it. Like It's just a... I don't like that side of Wilson. Yeah. Because I, I, want, I want to love Wilson, and I do love Wilson, but it's showing us a fault of his, which I, I guess is realistic. Yeah. But it's a really shitty fault. <laughs> And then finally with House, um, he wants to be atheist, but he may not be entirely. Um, it's heavily implied that he doesn't want to believe in God, and he definitely doesn't want to indulge people who do. Um, but we don't really know. Like, it, it's he never they left really it a little ambiguous. Yeah, they left it ambiguous. He he never really states a. Uh, his own personal takes on it. He just simply says, this is what you should think um, in terms of what you're going to do with your life. Um, and then also, uh, very sweet. We're seeing more little development with him and Cameron. He buys her a gift for Christmas. Um, so, uh, I guess final stuff. Um, we already talked about the fact that once again, they hid information from the doctors because they thought it wasn't medically relevant. How many times do I have to teach you this lesson, old man? <laughs> um, I guess uh, an interesting um, thing that this one brings up, this episode brings up, is just like the difference between what or what faith looks like and your faith in action. Um, House pretty much says, like, your faith isn't supposed to be blind. It's not okay. supposed to be without any logic or reason or um thinking about it and that he says you know i know you believe in god with all your heart but you still look both ways before you cross the street um and yeah that's that's a really important thing that you can have faith and there's a certain degree of unknown in that but it's not supposed to be something that you trust so much that you go out of your way to um not think logically yeah well and one of the nuns says you know i believe if i break my leg god wanted me to break my leg i also believe he wants me to go to the doctor and get my leg fixed yeah which i think is interesting to note there are i don't want to say there's entire religions there probably are i don't know a lot of religions but there are religious people that don't think that way um they they just think it's gonna miraculously happen i personally don't understand that i do think this episode you could talk for a long time about organized religion versus independent faith mm -hmm. um which i mean we just as a as a couple and as people have had tons of discussion about it's one of our favorite <laughs> things to talk about um 
I I feel like you know with House being really ambiguous but then also with Wilson being he's like yeah I'm Jewish but he, he doesn't practice it seems a yeah. lot um, but then we are looking at the opposite of that with nuns who give their entire life for their religion and I just think it's interesting religion's a very personal thing and and it's interesting. Faith is a very personal thing. Yeah, the um, the older nuns, uh, Eucharist and Mother Superior, they seem to not be so wide-eyed uh, about religion and all that as Pius and Augustine are, who seem very embroiled in the um, faith and everything will be okay kind of thing, whereas Sister Eucharist is the one who says, if I break my leg, I need to go get it fixed. Yeah. Um, they they seem to have a more tempered, realistic view of the world, which is nice. And I, I get the feeling that if House does believe in God, then he would believe that God gave us the reason, the ability to reason, yes, and to use that reason to make good decisions. And I'm really big on religion doesn't negate science. Yeah, <laughs> just because you're religious and have this religious belief doesn't mean that science doesn't exist. And that we're not constantly finding out new things. Yeah, if, Again, if God created everything, then he created everything we have, which yes. would include and science. And he gave us the ability to find these things out and put them into practice. So. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people that don't believe that. And there's a last one is there's a longer discussion in here specifically about the conversation that Foreman and Cameron have about um, whether God cares more about humanity than he does everything else. Like, yeah, I really hate Foreman's view on this because he's like, well, we're the only thing that matters. And I'm like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Like, are we really more that much more important or even just more important than everything else than around the us? And the plants does and it, the earth and does it give us the right to else? destroy anything we want yeah. or use anything the way we want to? And I would argue, no, not yeah. at all. I would also um, argue, no. You're I, the I if even if you could make a, a solid argument that we were God's favorite creation or anything like that, I would definitely say if that's true, then we've swung way too far into thinking but we're, we're his also favorite. We're supposed to take care of his other creations, and we're destroying the earth at a disgustingly rapid pace. Well, then we may not want to. People may not want to admit it, but by doing so, we're also destroying ourselves. Yeah. Because if there's nothing 100%. else left, how are we supposed to live? So. Yeah. Not being uh, very smart with our resources, are we? Um, but yeah, that's that's all I have. All right, on that happy note. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's the Christmas episode. Um, a bit longer one, but there's a lot to discuss. In also, this. the Hanukkah episode and all other anything else that you uh, celebrate that didn't come up in the episode. Those are the two that they talk about. So right. just... birthdays. <laughs> Jesus. Happy birthday, birthday, Jesus. Happy Christmas. Anyways. Merry Christmas. um, We hope you had a good one because you'll likely be listening to this. Probably right after Christmas. Like the week after, two weeks after, yeah, depending on when we, uh. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Holy crap. That was my chest. Yeah. That was my sternum and my collarbone. I saw the alien pop out. (laughs) That felt so good. I gotta go. (laughs) All right. On that note, I think we're going to sign out and uh, we'll catch you next time. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, whatever. Yeah, um, we have an Instagram. It's housekeeping.podcast. Um, we do also have, like, yeah. a website and email and shit. Uh, 
We'll right. start putting we'll, that out. We'll, we'll probably put it in the bio of the Instagram. Yeah. And that one is a housekeeping.podcast at Instagram.app on your phone. That's fine. <laughs> okay, we gotta go. Sure? Yeah, okay. my, my collarbone's broken. Bye. Bye.